Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Talking With You. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about um, a paper that I wrote uh, last semester. It was for a class. It was for Public Health uh, 303. And it was for my minor. And this is one of the five classes that you have to take for it. And so this class basically, it's, it basically exams socioeconomic factors other than, you know, obviously... It just digs deeper into the reason why your health is the way it is, other than obviously your environment, but much deeper, such as like your family history and reasons that, you know, psychologically the way you are as well. And so, yeah, so in this um, podcast, I kind of just wanted to go through the paper, like what I wrote on mine, and kind of just encourage everybody to kind of dig a little deeper into worrying about just to see what makes them them, you know? Um, so yeah. Um, so I'll just start out by reading the paper and I'll kind of just read it. And as I'm reading it, I'll kind of um, kind of dig a little deeper past the surface level, just, you know, obviously text from the paper. So this is my health paper. I think this is a fascinating thing to think about because I don't think I've ever thought about my health this deeply before. I do things that make me healthy every day, like work out, eat vegetables, sleep. But I'm, what I meant is that I have never investigated deeper into my health, like determining factors as to why am I the way I am health-wise, like my environment, my race, my social determinants. These are things that I don't think about enough. So I will start by examining how my community has impacted my family's health and my health. So the environment that I am from is Katy, Texas. It is a small suburb near Houston, Texas. I currently reside in College Station, Texas because I was born and I, I was born and originally from New York. Um, throughout this section of my paper, I wanted to examine how the three environments have determined some of my health outcomes. So my community, I came from um, a pretty ethnically diverse uh, high school suffices suffices to say that we mostly had um, white students and other students sprinkled throughout. I would like to say that I could count how many people, Asian people I could um, remember from my high school. I was born in New York and then I also moved to Katy, Texas around second grade. Um, something that I think I could give um, Katy, Texas, which is like better than most, I would say it's a decent place to live. Like I would say like it's middle class, but obviously there's good and bad to it. But um, the class sizes, like if in compared to other schools that I've seen and that I've heard about, they're pretty small. And I felt like the teachers for sure cared about me and my future development. And looking back on it, um, I did feel that in a way, like um, since I do, did go to school in New York, uh, the New York public school system in a way was kind of failing me just because I feel like the class sizes were really big and then the teachers obviously I didn't feel like they cared as much or they didn't have the ability to just because um whenever you're from a better area I would say from the in comparison to the both areas which is Katy Texas and New York I felt that Katy Texas had a way better um system in terms of education than New York just because it was a more personality experience and the teachers cared a little bit more just because they had the ability to. And I would like to say that they're, they say everything in Texas is more prominent and that's very true. The portions are really, and a lot bigger and that 
the health problems are way more pronounced in Texas. In the community where I belonged, where I'm from, um, there's a mix of different factors that really influenced me. For example, um, my parents, they own and operate a buffet. So um, I'm more prone and willing to over, obviously overeat because like, you know, during my childhood, um, I would usually always go there to eat and I would always stuff my face full of food, you know? And that kind of like makes me in a way like, I have never really had to like, quote unquote, starve in that sense. And um, I'm really grateful that that is something I've really never had to experience, but that does cause another problem where, you know, um, as a child, you know, I was always, you know, bigger and I was always considered a fat and I, you know, um, obviously a little bit more overweight than everyone else. So like, obviously that's give and take in that aspect, right? But obviously you would rather, that's another problem in America, which is, you know, a lot of people weigh a lot and a lot of people overeat and because we have overabundance of food, which is another issue that, you know, we can dive into deeper in another time. So being from Katy, Texas, I would say like I, I lived in a relatively nice, you know, suburban area. Um, and I would say like the education that I got as a result of it was a lot better than, you know, some of the people that I've met. And for example, like one of the things that I feel like was a really big differentiating factor in terms of like just the type of education, you know, the depth of it and like how much they did try to educate you in other than just subjects in school. You know, because some schools that I've like heard about and seen is that they only care about like just giving you the bare minimum education and then, you know, they don't care. But in my school, at least um, we did programs like D.A.R.E., which is uh, and Junior Achievement and which is basically they taught you about um, the addictive qualities of drugs and just to be careful with them and just to basically educate you and like sex ed, things like that. Like we were taught that. And also um, junior achievement, which is um, parents would come in like, and they would basically show the kids like what they did, right? So for example, in my school, most of my classmates, parents worked at primarily white collar jobs. These people worked jobs that my parents would want me to work, you know, such as a lawyer, doctor, financial advisor. These are all jobs that most people um, dream of doing because like in comparison to like, you know, manual labor jobs, and I think that me just being exposed to um, seeing those things, you know, within my mind, just being able to like visualize it, you know, like I was always in my mind that like I could see it, you know, people always get to imagine like, oh, you want to imagine being this like, OK, you want to be a lawyer, but have you ever seen a lawyer? Have you ever you know, talked to a lawyer? Have you ever, you know, is your parents dad a lawyer? How, how are you going to get there? You know, and most people, I think, get that first step, which is like the imagination part. But how do you make it see to it that it happens? And I feel like that's a comparative advantage. Right. Because if you if you can visualize it and if you've seen it real life in front of your face, then that's really that's a really amazing thing, you know, because obviously we all as like children all all wanted to be, you know, astronauts with the president. But like, um, let's be completely honest with ourselves. Um, I don't think most people ended up being either one of those things. But I feel like um, in terms of that realisticness, uh, junior achievement was um, one of those things that like, you know, when I reflected back on it, I feel like that was really important. It's an important aspect of my life. And for example, another thing was that really helped me, I think, develop as a child was um, regards to my mental health and just my self-confidence and my abilities is that, uh, you know, I'm Chinese American and I'm Chinese. So 
one thing is that stereotype is that you know Chinese people are very smart, they're very good at math, things like that nature, right? So I would say like that's not that's never been a challenge in terms of that, right? Like I'm not saying I'm the smartest person, but I'm saying in the sense of like I've never been doubted in terms of my intellectual abilities. And like, you know, that's an advantage, also a disadvantage as well, right? Because the advantage is that like, you know, your ego, your, you know, self-confidence in yourself is never diminished in that sense, right? Like no one is ever doubting your abilities. Now everyone is giving you full respect. You know, people would always ask me for help on homework, things like that. And, you know, as, you know, when I was younger, it was easy, but like, I, you know, obviously I've gotten older, you know, there's some things that I just, I just knew weren't for me. Like math wasn't really my favorite subject, things like that, but um i thought that was really interesting to think about which is like the contrast between that right like because in within that subset you you get that advantage in the sense that like you're you get to really hone that part of yourself because you know your abilities your people assume you're smart so like you're never being put down but then you also have such a high expectation in terms of pressure and i could just see how the that contrast of how like some students, some kids, like they, they kind of have to pull the opposite of that, right? So like, so they have to kind of like mind game themselves into being like, okay, so they doubted me. So, you know, now I gotta, you know, um, prove the doubters wrong. So that's just a stark contrast in that sense, right? Um, they'll never, people just don't believe in them. So they have to try to prove them wrong. So like, no matter how much they try, whatever the situation they're in, it's really, tough to be able to correct a child's malleable mind. I think that was one of the biggest points that I wanted to make in this paper was that whatever a child like experiences as like a kid, um, in terms of like, if a teacher is telling them that they can achieve anything in the world, then they will actually believe it in comparison to like, if you keep telling a person in terms of like, maybe they're from like the middle of the city and they were never really exposed to that type of positive reinforcement, then that would really serve as a like a contrast to um, someone from the suburbs, maybe. And so that being said, I, I, I'm extremely grateful that I was able to be put in that situation, you know, um, that I just through self-reflection and just understanding like that's kind of what got me here more today that like I'm able to, you know, kind of share that. I, like no means have I say like I've kind of succeeded through life right now. I'm just kind of saying like I'm glad that like I got through that experience. Obviously there was uh, obviously bad experiences. Obviously there was good experiences, but I think just having both of them makes you really realize, you know, um, throughout my life, you know, this short now it's 22 years that I've been alive. I've been able to see a lot more of the world than like I would say most people would have seen by my age or will ever see throughout their life, and which is something I'm extremely grateful for, you know. Um, in Katie, we didn't really see much poverty, you know. In Katie, um, you know, most people have, they don't live like really poor lifestyles, you know. I would say like from the places that I've seen around the world, like, you know, especially in Africa, like if you go to remote areas in Africa, that's true poverty. If you go to remote areas in China, if you go to remote areas, everywhere else in the world even here you know you go to remote areas you'll see poverty and now that like you i've seen all that stuff right you can't i i don't know for me i can't really say it's poverty that we live in i would just say like you're just not you're just not in that level like in that sense of like your lower income i wouldn't say poverty just because poverty is just such a hard hard word to say for me just because you know in comparison to everyone my own experiences 
Um, so honestly, I'm extremely grateful in terms of like all these health determinants have really um, made me be able to just kind of see the world in that sense, right? Be just be more humble. And I think that all these opportunities and all these experiences that, you know, especially coming to A&M, especially being given a lot of opportunities within college, within, you know, being able to travel, being able to do study abroad, being able to, you know, have friends that want to travel with me. I feel like that's extremely important thing that, like, I'm really blessed to be able to experience all those things within college and just be able to, you know, still, like, learn more about life in that sense. And I feel like all my successes up to this point are not impressive if, and they're not as important if, you know, all the people weren't there to help me. And next in this, I wanted, in the paper, I wanted to explore like how many, how many families and how many things have helped me determine my health. So I would consider myself essentially like kind of like an only child just because my brother is 15 years older than me. And before I could even like honestly remember you know, developing my brain. My brother was out of the house and was already in college. And I never really got to see him. You know, I would say that although the assumption would be that I got more attention because my parents only had to take care of me, it was it was honestly quite the contrary because my parents worked so hard whenever I was really young. You know, I really, really got to see them. I would usually leave around 7 in the morning for school and they would leave at 10 for work which is 10 a, 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. And by the time I came back to school at 4, they would still be at work, and they wouldn't come home until around 10, 11, or 12. And this kind of left me alone for, you know, almost every single day of the week. And, you know, I really didn't have any really um, that many friends as a child because, you know, I just really didn't know how to talk to a lot of people. And I really didn't never got to go to, like, you know, birthday parties and never really got to hang out with friends around high school. Because, you know, unfortunately, my parents worked all day and, you know, obviously, you know, I'm the Chinese kid that was like, you know, I'm there with all the white people. So, like, I don't know. I never really got to socialize. I never really understood how to socialize either, you know, just because um, it's hard whenever, like, you know, especially since you're alone a lot of the time. Right. Um, you really didn't get a chance to talk to people. never really got a chance to um, learn about how to socialize with other people. So I think that was one of the things that. I think that one of my childhood that really influenced me a lot as a child, just because now I think for me, it makes me more okay with being alone sometimes just because I've done a lot of that. And I feel like it's helped me grow as a lot as a person too, because, you know, I, you get to enjoy a lot about yourself and you really get to, I feel like it makes you, helps you enjoy people more. Like whenever you do see people, it helps you enjoy them more. And, you know, I, I, honestly, as I was like a child, obviously, like when I was in high school, I felt like I really resented my parents just because um, in that sense, right? Like just because you don't understand how to be grateful for all those circumstances that they had to put through. Because like, as I mentioned before, my parents, um, they were immigrants and they didn't, they didn't really have a lot. We didn't really have a lot whenever I was growing up and whenever they came to the country, you know, we came to this country and we owed um, a lot of people a lot of money because, you know, it's not free to come into America. So they had to work a lot and um, that's why I feel like every single thing that's happened in life, you know, it has happened for a reason, obviously, but it has really, you know, I really do appreciate them um, for all they've done for me. And that was kind of like me exploring a little bit of like how like my family kind of influenced me, like my family life 
kind of influenced me as a child because you know I, w- I was always come home and um you know basically just be alone a lot and you know obviously i knew that my parents really loved me they loved me because obviously they worked hard to make sure that i had a home to come home to and I had food on the table things like that and they always always bring me food from the restaurant and they would always you know worry about if i was obviously alive or not so obviously they did love and care for me and so next i kind of want to talk about like um, the health of asian people so as an asian i would say that asians are typically you know skinnier and have fewer health problems than you know other races because you know um i feel like we eat more vegetables than other people we usually also drink a lot of tea and we do a lot of like herbal remedies things that like you know every single meal i've had like in general or with my parents i usually always have around like two or three dishes of vegetables or now that you know i'm in college and we don't really eat family style at home um i always have some sort of vegetable broccoli you know kale um cabbage anything like that and i i I saw that that like a lot of other people you know in comparison to like a lot of my friends like they don't really usually eat a lot of vegetables you know which is a stark contrast to what we do and we also value like eating at home more because obviously you know asians they tend to like kind of you know quote unquote are cheap and they kind of don't want to eat out either but also it's like um I f- it's just better for you you know because you know what's going in your food because typically when you go eat out they're going to add more salt they're going to add more oil they're going to add more butter just because it's going to taste better right but the thing is about it is like great food doesn't have to have a crazy amount of butter or oil and other stuff additives like that right and combined but I think that's that was something that was really, you know, important for me to, like to get from my parents was that I feel like I developed like healthier eating habits from. Obviously, I did mention that, you know, I was fat as a child um because I ate a lot of buffet, but also like whenever they did come home afterwards, you know, whenever, you know, as I got older, you know, more like in high school, now in college, now we you know, we ate more at home. And like we didn't really eat that much at the restaurant anymore because you know they were at home more. As they've gotten older, they haven't they haven't really been working as much, which I'm glad they don't ha- they don't have to as much. Um, so that's kind of like so before I would always eat at the buffet, but I was obviously eat a lot of vegetables too. But it would just be like I would eat a lot. That's kind of what it was. Just like it wasn't a calorie deficit. And just to explain that, and now I just um I don't really eat at the buffet anymore. And usually we just eat family style at home now. And so that's kind of important because, you know, obviously the frugality of it. I think one of the most important things I feel like I've gotten from my parents is like that I enjoy saving money. Like I always, you know, as an Asian person, like I always just want a good deal. You know, I also enjoy planning out my future. I enjoy planning out my expenses. I enjoy planning out those things, you know. Um, And I always like to just think about like, like little things like, okay, what can I eat for my next meal in terms of like, okay, um, like in terms of saving money, in terms of like how to plan out my next meal. And I feel like that's what most of the world can't really say. And, you know, obviously it's just different cho- life choices. But for me, that's just, I feel like that's just who I am as a person. And that's just something I got from my parents. And lastly, I feel like, um, lastly of the various social determinants that determine my health, I, I watch my sugar intake religiously, I think. Like, honestly, Although I'm not a religious person, um, sugar or extra sugar consumption is something I just really don't like, you know, because my dad is diabetic, high blood pressure, all those things. And my mom, honestly, um, my mom kind of really put it instilled in me like as a very at a very young age, you know, that honestly, she obviously she wanted me to eat fruits and vegetables, but like sugars, sodas, nothing like that. Obviously, now 
I do and I can as you know, obviously, because I'm growing up now, but like, I feel like, obviously, <laughs> I don't really do any of that just because like, it's kind of ingrained in me, you know, and honestly, I am honestly worried, you know, eventually, um, I would maybe become diabetic or anything like that. Just that's why I kind of just watch my health a lot, too, because I know it is possible, you know, it's kind of like the thing about kidney stones is like, if kidney stones is with your family, then you probably will get it eventually. You know, that's kind of like the same with heart disease, things like that. And you have to watch out for that more because it runs in your family. So like for me, like obviously uh, my dad's a diabetic and he has high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So like that's always something that I really watch for myself personally, which is like I always watch what I eat, except like obviously when I'm on vacation, things like that. But like I would say like 90 percent of the time I try to watch what I eat. I try to watch what I drink. I try to do as much as I can in terms of that. And a couple of another thing was just like I feel like in terms of um, my social life, right? Uh, I feel like I only have like a couple of like actually really close friends. Like I consider a friend when I consider someone a friend, like I really do try to hold them onto them very tightly. I try to prefer to have a few friends that I know very well in comparison to like many friends that I barely know, you know, because for me, I feel like um, it's very hard to have a lot of friends that, you know, very well in comparison to just having a couple of friends that, you know, very well, you know, because I I feel like it's mentally exhausting somewhat, you know, obviously it's fun to like, you know, talk with friends and things like that. But like, I feel like sometimes you're just repeating conversations over and over and over again. Right. And you're keeping, you're keeping track of like exactly what you're saying to one friend and you have to wonder yourself, okay, did I already tell this person this, you know? And I feel like I'd never want to really catch myself in that situation. I, obviously I do sometimes because, you know, obviously I'm not saying like, I don't want to be friends with people. I'm saying that for me, I feel like in terms of like having developing a deeper relationship with people, it's, for me, I try not to have too many deep relationships just because it's very hard, um, obviously. And I, I just do really do just enjoy having deeper, um, less social uh, surface level conversations. And so that's why I feel like for me, um, that's really important to me. And the last thing I want to talk about was um, I want to talk about mental health right, and self-love. I, I think I've tried really hard in terms of like this last year to improve on those aspects of my life just because you know obviously you know maslow's hierarchy of needs you have to um, reach the top and i think top is obviously self-actualization you know just being able to experience those things and i feel like in terms of that i think mental health and self-love is part of that and just being able to realize like where are you going in life and what you want from life and just realizing the purpose you know having a higher purpose is always essential um in terms of just living um fruitful life and purposeful life. And I think this is a really important subject to focus on, you know. Um, what book that I did read, it's called It's Not About You. It's really important that in this book, it discusses how um, the biggest purpose in life, basically, it's a 30 page book. And basically, it just helps you gather your thoughts on terms of it's not about you. It's about helping others. And the most fulfilling thing you can do in life is to help other people. And, you know, for me personally, uh, I think for me, like I'm basically was the only child and like, you know, my parents, you know, are immigrants and I've always had to look out for myself. You know, I've, I've always had to um, be alone, always had to realize that, like, you know, I had to come first in certain things. Right. Like I've never had to share. I've never had to do a lot of those things. And like you would like to think that people like are born with those traits. But like, I don't think so. Right. I, I think that you are a product of your circumstances somewhat. Obviously, there's certain things that 
um, make you the way you are in terms of like nature nurture nurture. But I feel like to that my nurture kind of put me in that aspect of I kind of had to worry about myself only, right? In terms of like just being selfish. And I feel like this book really helped me kind of understand a lot of things in terms of that. And it basically just explains to you that one of the biggest gifts you can give in life and one of the best things you can do for yourself is to give others, to give to others the things that um, you know make you happy, you give to others and it's, it's really important. So if you made it to the end, I really appreciate you making it to the end of this podcast. Um, honestly, this this one was one of the hardest, harder ones to kind of talk about just because um, the format was kind of weird, you know, um, just because this is a paper that I wrote and I kind of had to make it in the conversation piece, which was um, kind of challenging because, you know, obviously um, when you write a paper, it's very formal and the words that you would use on there is not words that make sense in terms of conversation. And I've really tried really hard to try to make this more of a conversation. So I really appreciate you kind of sitting through all that because I, I for sure, um, throughout that, I for sure struggled to try to catch what I was trying to say. And I really appreciate it. So thank you for listening to another episode of Talking View. Hopefully you can see you on the next one.